This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we are back. The bye week. I had a great weekend. Uh, how did everyone's weekend go? Um, I'm on reading week at university, which I don't know if you guys have that, but that means I get the week off. Um, syllabus week here for us. Okay. Well, would syllabus be the first week or is it just in the middle of the syllabus? syllabus? Is first week. Oh, wait, shit. Oh, you're, um, you're, so what, you got finals coming up? No. So what happened was, um, is a student or there was a student problem of a lot of suicides on campus. So Jesus they decided Christ. to give a week off every semester just for to relax where they're supposed to read and get up and work. So I've been just kind of chilling and drinking like most students do. So you had a bye week. Yeah, oh. it's a bye week, actually. It's really funny. So you had a bye week when Notre Dame had a bye week. That That's actually very well played. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And last year, uh, Notre Dame was on a bye week. I was on a bye week. And the Dallas Cowboys were on a bye week. So I had nothing to do for a week. And it was terrible. That was my week with the Steelers being off also. I uh, I went to Newport, watched my rugby team play in a quarterfinal game. They won 98 nothing. Uh, and this isn't a rugby podcast, but when you put up 98 points, a touchdown in rugby is called a try. It's worth five, and the kick is worth two. We only made two out of the 14 kicks for the uh, the day, but probably 98 was ridiculous. They're now number one in the nation, so uh, we'll get to that soon. Nice. I played my last round of golf for the year. How about that? Um, didn't play too well. Fall golf actually kind of sucks. But whatever. At least I get to do absolutely nothing every weekend except watch football uh, for the next you know, six months. Isn't it funny that college football sucked last week and we just so happened not to have been playing? No? Coincidence? I, I, enjoyed it. I didn't watch a game. I'm, I'm a probably a bad fan. I was also really drunk. And so I don't. I woke up and I saw Ohio State loss and I said, Am I asleep? So, yeah. That's... Other than golfing, I played Xbox for like 13 straight hours locked away in my room. It was fantastic. And I got into no Twitter fights this weekend. It was a great time. Oh, I got into big ones under Kirk Herbstreet's mentions. Oh, boy. That, I saw you were getting into the mix there. I just said uh, one just thing. to give us some context. Herbie tweeted something. It was something about rankings. Uh, Dill, take it away. Yeah, so he he put LSU ahead of Notre Dame, and uh, usually I'm good for ignoring other people's comments. But there's so many people that don't realize that Notre Dame's played a good schedule. It's just comments like, "Oh, you guys played nobody," and I'm like, "You stupid fucks! We played Michigan, the fifth ranked team right now. We beat them. It's the best win in college football." So all I did was say that, and I went to bed, and I woke up, and there was like 50 likes. 20 mentions like the place just went dog shit crazy hmm. so um i got into a bunch of fights with a bunch of different people and a bunch of notre dame fans kind of got in on it too because it was like oh notre dame's no good you'll get slapped in the sec and it's like we're not talking about that we beat michigan there's no way lsu should be ahead of us that's ridiculous yeah so right. kind of just real quick off of that notre dame fans and i got into a fight with them over the incident that we won't talk about uh, a couple weeks ago, they had some of the most passionate but also intelligent individuals ever. It's hard to fight them. I'm used to fighting the Youngstown, Ohio type of people. Uh, yeah. so, 
I, I can understand why the South drags your country behind because there's a lot of LSU and, and SEC. Do not have that slander here, uh, Mr. Canada. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, but these guys uh, think really slowly. I'm I'm on record as the South is very pleasant. Yeah, but pleasant and smart are two different things. Well, point, point taken. Definitely, there's there's definitely a point to be made there. Uh, let's let's talk some some freaking Notre Dame fighting Irish football boys. How about it? Yeah, um, Navy this week over in San Diego, 8 p.m. game, CBS. Uh, do we know who's on the call yet? Uh, not Flutie, so that's all that matters. Uh, watch it be Herb Street. I'm pretty sure Dylan will like throw his laptop out the window. <laughs> he's 83, I so usually like Herbie too, though. He's just he's just an asshole lately, I guess, you know? No. Whatever. I, I hope it's like Kirk Minahan or something. Also, why is this game in San Diego? Like uh, for the, there's a huge navy base there. Oh, okay, right. I mean, and it's you know it's our usual chance to to flex our nuts and and basically say hey we play wherever we want when we want and we're also going to play in Southern California and we're going to tell a bunch of recruits to show up at the game. So that too, uh, because technically it's a home game, so they can do that. Uh, and Joe, wherever he may be, will be at the game. Um, Live. Hmm. He may be alive, he may not be, but the Four Horsemen is you, the listener. Uh, so be sure to subscribe, like, and rate us five stars. I think uh, unsubscribe and then resubscribe once more. Yes, I think we'll at one point we should start taking fan questions. I think that would be fun. We will eventually. Um, but other than that, Navy uh, two and three on the year, if my stats are correct, they run the triple option, a high school offense. I do like Ken Niamahaloho. Tried to get that one right. It's Aloha Gilman's uh, homecoming game against Navy. He is going to be in the backfield the whole game. He's going to tackle the quarterback. He's going to tackle the uh, the mesh. It's just going to be a wonderful game. In our interior line, if they don't come away with 15 tackles, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, have we ever beaten Navy by more than, like, six points? Like, are we going to carry them? Like, we always do, right? Like, this is a game we never blow them out. And for some reason, we respect those academy schools when we should be putting a 1,000 on them. We did in the Brady Quinn years. Yeah, yes. and in I'm Ireland. First, first Brady Quinn game against Navy at Giant Stadium uh, was 2003. Uh, but that's beside the point. I was six years old then. That's how old you guys are. Well, Thanks, going off of that, um, Lou Holtz predicts a 51-10 win. Uh, Coach Holtz is the best follow on Twitter, uh, besides us three, of course. And really, the game is going to be one of those games where there is that mutual respect between the teams. But I hope it's a, just a shellacking. We don't have to worry about the corners. They may not throw the ball at all. And we're just going to have our run defense there. I, I, I hope so, too. Uh, I will say that the pretend Lou Holtz account might be even a little funnier because it tweets with all the lisps. So it's really <laughs> the tapioca, tapioca pudding mouth. Yeah, it, tw- it tweets with that. So it's like Notre Dame. <laughs> anyway, really. Uh, can we just talk about Pitt real quick? I know we don't want to talk about that game. It almost killed me. Um, I was real worried after that first drive. And the 10 minutes it took off the clock nearly... Nearly just ended my my days. So. Don't you like how the one like the the offsides on the punt that extended the drive? That's probably what kept the game close. Like if it wasn't for that, we probably could have blown them out in the first quarter because we would have got the ball back with twelve minutes. 
I mean, there was a lot of things. I think the the uh, midterm week did have something to do with it. Not the cheating allegations, but just in general. And I'm worried that to kind of go into more of the real talk, what we were doing. Uh, I am worried about um, Navy being able to do the same thing, run the ball, keep the ball, keep possession. But if we force a three and out that's longer than four yards, we'll be fine. We know that they're going to control the clock. I mean, against Houston, they controlled the clock for like 42 minutes to like 17 uh, for Houston, and Houston still won that game, I'm pretty sure, right? So, I mean, they're they're obviously going to run and run and run and burn the clock. Um, I mean, I was just reading an interesting article on 24-7 Sports today. Brian Kelly was going more into depth about what makes um, – geez, uh, who's our defensive ends? Why am I drawing a blank? Kareem Aquara. Aquara, Julian Aquara. What makes him uh, so special this year, even though he was like the 333rd ranked player uh, being recruited out of high school and and come so far? It's because he has like – Brian Kelly was saying like his engine, his motor is just ridiculous. Like his, his stamina is absurd and he's so quick. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, that's going to be contagious across the defensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the good news is like, we, we obviously have the talent on the de- defensive side of the ball, the front four on the, you know, on the, on the line of scrimmage, they're incredible. And then we have three incredibly fast and, uh, you know, very gifted and intelligent linebackers uh, in Bilal, um, you know, Drew Tranquil and, and obviously Coney. And then um, I think Aloe Gilman, I, I I didn't even factor that in before, but yeah, obviously he's seen this offense run before. He, he was, he's a Navy transfer. So yeah, I mean, a, a couple of three and outs and, you know, a, co- a couple of scoring plays. They got a pretty porous defense this year, uh, pretty uncharacteristic of them. So if ever there was a year for us to really not make it a game against Navy to, uh, to Dylan's point and really blow them out, this would be it. But you know me, I'm, the sky is constantly falling on my end. Right. Yeah. I, I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you're playing the triple offense, the, the key personnel for you guys is going to be the, de- the, the, the linebackers on defense, right? They're the, they're the guys that are going to stop um, basically the triple offense. Yes uh, and no. Um, when you're playing against a triple option, uh, I, or the wing T, really, that's what it's predicated off of. There's a couple key guys. It's tackling the fullback, the dive, yeah. and then tackling quarterback, running back, and then the mesh. So there's four four uh, aspects to that. The mesh is obviously between the quarterback and the dive. If they can blow up the mesh instead of just the dive, there's going to be a lot of fumble. So it's going to be our interior line and the linebackers. Uh, maybe some of those edge guys. Uh, and uh, showing my football IQ right here, I don't understand why the edge position is a new position in the draft. Uh, I might be dumb, but that's that's where I'm at there. Uh, so really, stopping the triple option, you just have to make sure the quarterback doesn't throw the ball. There may be some room for counters as well where the edge guy is going to have to uh, maintain his gap integrity. But really, if they don't get blown off the ball, they'll be fine. I'm pretty sure they outweigh the whole Navy uh, offensive line. Right. Well, the, just the thing I'm thinking of is the the lateral movement the linebackers are going to have to get to when they pitch it. Yeah, up. they they flow they flow ball ball right. to, and then the interior guys tackle the. Um, yeah, and and that's what I'm thinking is we got maybe the two, and Bilal, but namely um, Tranquil and Coney. 
the two best linebackers in the country. So I feel confident. Uh, we also got the best line we've had probably in Kelly's era. So I think stylistically and personnel-wise, this is the best matchup we've ever had with Navy. Navy's probably at their weakest in recent years. Um, and Notre Dame's uh, tackles and your linebackers are better than they've ever been. So I think this is a really good time of blowing up that offense and stopping any kind of pitches out wide. With I, I can just already physically see Drew Tranquil like just cutting across to stop a guy trying to catch an edge on a pitch, right? So The body count's going to be high this weekend. Yeah, don't forget, Jalen Elliott has already murdered three human beings this season. Yeah. Uh, so, really, I agree with Holtz. 51-10, I'll mark it down right now. Uh, Irish by 41, going to Northwestern with a win. And then we get into November. November is going to be a time to be alive. It's troublesome. Yeah, yeah um, we'll see, right? I mean, this time last year, um, to me, we kind of talked about a lot like Michigan was, um, like right now, like a one-loss team that's really high and then, you know, we just can't really come through in November. So if we can do it this year, um, you know, I'd feel really, really good about this team. And I think we can do it because, um, you know, we're just better than I've ever seen us before. So, yeah. Yeah, the only concern I have about November, obviously Florida State's incredibly talented because they draft, they, they recruit four or five stars. Um, but they're just kind of a, a mess of a program right now. So obviously it's going to be a challenge, but I, we should handle them. The challenge is going to be um, going from Yankee Stadium, stopping at South Bend for like a day, and then going out to Los Angeles uh, between the 17th and the 24th. You know, that's a lot of travel for guys. And uh, I think Cuse is going to give us a game, mainly because I'm going to be at the game with Nick. Um, if I wasn't going to the game, we'd probably win by 112. But since I'm going, we're probably going to lose by like eight. And we're both on the fourth fourth story of Yankee stadium. So that's yeah. not good either. Yeah. Section, I think 408, uh, which I think is midfield, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm up there somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, we're excited. Obviously we're looking forward. I think we're definitely in a really good position. Just got to take it week by week. Now the players, the players need to take it week by week. The fans need to take it week by week. Kirk, Kirk Herb Street, you take it week by week and don't fucking blow your load. Just everyone, let's just play college football for the next couple weeks, one day at a time. I and don't know. You, you, you guys want to talk CF, uh, CFP real quick? Yeah, real quick before you leave, and before Dylan, you get to watch your Red Sox, and I get to finish my uh, fried chicken that I'm making for, for some wild nights. Um, the, the real thing is Purdue blew up Ohio State and possibly their chances and the big uh, 10's chances to get in. Uh, so right now, you see LSU-Alabama, that's going to be a pivotal game. Uh, Notre Dame has to win out. But really, I know the rankings are coming out next week, so we're probably putting the cart before the horse here. Who are your four uh, college football teams as of October 24th? You can go first, Steve. Okay. Um now the I'm nervous about excluding the Big Ten, based solely on the fact that 
if Alabama wins out, then obviously they'll be 13 and 0 with this SEC championship game. Whoever they beat in the SEC championship game will have had two losses, right? Because it's the who they'll let's see. Let's face it, they're going to play Georgia. If Georgia wins that game, obviously they're in. And then I think Alabama, even though they're 12 and one, they still make it in. But the odds are that they beat Georgia. Georgia finishes, um, what would it be, 11 and two? Yeah. They'll be on the outside looking in. So based uh, based on assuming that, and I think that LSU actually has a really good chance this weekend. I'm kind of just wishing that into existence. That's not actually something I believe in. Just trying to put it out there in the universe and hope it happens. Let's say Bama wins out. We have 13 and 0 Bama, 12 and 0 Irish, 13 and 0 Clemson, and at large. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's gonna be the winner of the Ohio State and um, Michigan game. If if either whoever wins that game and then goes on to win the conference title, I think they get in. Well, we made that real complicated right there. Uh, Dylan? Um, well, I put my rankings out every week because I think it's fun to do it. And I'm um, at Dylan, Dylan 97. Yeah, and I've been, I've been following the strict playoff committee kind of mindset of just resumes with a little bit of eye test in extreme cases. So my top four right now are Alabama number one, and they're the extreme case for the eye test because, come on, you just you can't not have them number one. But on resume, they are not. So I'm actually really interested to see. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see what the committee does next week with Alabama because they could put actually the Irish number one like they did with Georgia last year instead of Bama. Um, but so I have Bama one though. Notre Dame number two. Frankly, we got the best win in college football. Uh, we have two ranked 25 wins um, currently. Uh, so does Clemson, but I would argue Stanford's better than North Carolina State, and then Michigan's better than. Texas A&M, and three, Clemson, and four, I got LSU at the moment. That's not going to stay, obviously, one of them or Alabama or losing. Um, I would, I don't know because I tweeted this as well. If Michigan loses to Penn State, the Big Ten is a real deep shit because if Michigan beats Ohio State, nobody's getting into the playoff. That's a great point. Yeah, so now, that's a key game. I'm going to throw that this out there to both of you. What about Oklahoma? Well, that's and that's what I was getting to is if the Big Ten's out because they probably get precedent over the Big Twelve this year, especially Michigan would, uh, with their loss only coming to us. But then you look to the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, and don't count out the Longhorns. They're actually the most likely team to get in because they've already beaten Oklahoma. Uh, but then I wouldn't count out Oklahoma either. So, uh, to me, the SEC is not getting two teams. That's for sure. It's either Michigan, Ohio State, or Texas, Oklahoma. So I have a very quick question. Actually, no, that, that's a stupid question, but I'll, I'll speak it out anyway because uh, in the Big 12, th- do they even have a conference title game anymore? That, I, I don't think they have 12 teams, right? Uh, they do play a conference title game. They're just the top two just play each other at the end. So Texas-Oklahoma will play each other again. If okay, because I know when it used to be Big 12 North, Big 12 South, obviously North with you know, Oklahoma and Texas, and they would meet often. Um, but it sounds like that's basically what it's going to be this year. Okay, I just wanted to confirm. They put all the teams in one division and just the top two. Yeah, because they only have like 10 or 11 teams now, right? Yeah. Now, for my four, I'm going to make some waves here. I don't care, Phyllis from Alabama, if you like me or not. You don't have Bama in your top four, I swear to God. 
well, Dylan, you just spoiled everything. Uh, well, it will have to be Bama in the top four. But uh, for sake of as of today, I would I would go with ND1 just because of the wins that they have. Bama 2, kind of like what you were saying before, uh, but that will change after LSU beats them. Go Tiger. Uh, Clemson 3, and Dark Horse, as of right now, I would love to see a Notre Dame-Michigan rematch in the semifinal. Well, we already beat them with our backup quarterback. Give me twice, and that that would be phenomenal. And I I think LSU has the horses and the tigers to go into to Alabama and beat Alabama. But until that happens, Bama's still two. And if you had those two rematches, you had Clemson Alabama round four and then Notre Dame Michigan round two, that would be a phenomenal December twenty. And Dylan is shaking his head at me right now. What's up, Dylan? Well, I, I hate Michigan too much to even risk losing to them in the playoff. <laughs> Did you see how they played? They they haven't gotten better than Notre Dame, I can tell you that. I, I know we would beat them. I feel like we would. But, I mean, look, they're a good team. We could lose to them. That's a possibility. Yeah, I might have said happens, this. We just never do this podcast again, and we delete it from existence. Right. I think I said this on the very first podcast. I'm not sure, but I've played a game before with some Notre Dame friends that are – if you had the opportunity – to play Michigan in the in the national championship game or someone else, who would you take? Because there's the the there's nothing sweeter than beating them, but there would be nothing worse than losing. And honestly, I would rather play someone else. I know it's that risk reward. I, I couldn't handle losing to them, and I would love winning to them, but I think I would hate losing to them more. So I mean, happy pants can't do anything in a big game. He he would never do that. So, give me. Notre Dame, Michigan. For all intents and purposes, I hope we get UCF in the ch- national championship, and I just want to blow them out seventy-two to nothing. I just, I need one in my lifetime. I need it. I've been waiting too long. It's been too heartbreaking. I've had too many moments where I've stared at the ceiling fan with eyes too intently. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship, or my life is going to end prematurely. I can't, this cannot persist. End rant. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yep, that's Irish Steve. All right, real quick uh, recruiting note: we just picked up a preferred walk-on kicker from Cheshire, Connecticut. I don't know his name, but he will be better than Jonathan Dore. Uh, we also have the number one punter, uh, Hunter Bramblett. It's kind of sad that I know a punter's name and the fact that he's seventeen. And we also have Drew Pine uh, coming in, class of 2019, 2020, one of the two. Drew Pine will be the real deal. We have Ian Book. We have Phil Jerkovic. Drew Pine. It's going to be a phenomenal time to be Irish. Uh, all I got here, Notre Dame 51, Navy 10. Dylan? Uh, I'm going to take 38-16. Um, I think that's actually the line, too, is 22. I don't like us to blow them out, but when I think about the game, I don't see how we don't blow them out. So I'm going to kind of pick an in-betweener where it's a little bit of a blowout. Um, I don't know. I my guess on that prediction is Navy's going to eat up a lot of clock, so we can't score too many points. Nine possessions over under for each team, or like total oh, for Notre Dame. Uh, under <laughs> Tony Demimbo, mark it down. Dylan saying under. 
nine. I hope you got this far into the podcast. Uh, and I'll say over nine. I'm going to say Notre Dame will have 13 possessions. <laughs> I feel like you set that so low to like trick me into thinking it. Well, and then you well, took something way above. Yeah, I mean, 50-50. We, we have to do something to make ourselves entertained. And we really got to work with Steve on just storming out at the end of the podcast. But uh, on that note, you go go watch your Red Sox. I'm going to fry up, fry up some chicken and uh, go to bed. And uh, other than that, go Irish, beat Navy, but respect them in the end. Yankees suck. <laughs>